0: Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story, Sharon Swing.
1: Greetings, this is Sharon Swing, and today I am around the table with Sybil Towner.
2: Hi, happy to be here.
1: And Joan Kelly. Hello, everybody. Yes, Sybil Towner is the co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story, along with me, and... Joan Kelly is our very faithful and expert facilitator development uh, expert. She is the director of facilitator development, helping people use the materials we have written with others. And we are sitting around the table today in Joan's sunroom recording this. And um, we've been having a conversation about life story as spiritual practice. And this is such a big topic to us that uh, it's been interesting to figure out how to boundary this. but we have this these materials where we actually help people to map their life story, to put them on a timeline, the highs, the lows, the noticing God, the dreams and aspirations, these different aspects, different questions that help people to visually document their life story in three, eleven, by 17 sheets of paper and then be able to share them with others using these listening guidelines. And we call life mapping a spiritual practice, you know, life story work, a spiritual practice. So let's start first with talking about, well,
2: what is a spiritual practice? Well, One of the ways I would define a spiritual practice is to create space where you are able to hear, first of all, God's voice of love towards you, and then you are invited to respond to that voice. So that, uh, and it can be any number of spiritual practices, Mm -hmm. whether it's engaging scripture, your story, um, engaging silence. Uh, engaging a prayer walk but but I think that's first what it invites you to is to know that there is a God who delights in you and loves you and knows you
3: yeah so really it's like it's a means by which we, are in relationship with God. Yes, it's, um, it's how we keep company with him, really. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a great quote uh, by Richard Foster in the Life-Giving Rhythms Map, which is really all about this, spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines. And he says, um, by themselves, spiritual disciplines can do nothing. I can get in trouble with that all the time, right? Spiritual disciplines can do nothing. They can only get us to the place where something can be done. That's like Sybil was talking about. They are God's means of grace. God has ordained the disciplines of the spiritual life as the means by which we place ourselves where he can bless us. Mm -hmm. I mean, that really sums it up quite well. So, yeah. And so you begin to
2: recognize what has already been done. And that's really the the byline of listen to my life, recognizing that's what the spiritual practice Mm -hmm. opens up, recognizing God and then inviting a response. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And we're using the word discipline and practice interchangeably here. But this way of putting in, putting ourselves intentionally in some kind of activity or space, sometimes to do nothing, mm-hmm. um, for our, us to be able to put some other things aside so that we might hear that still small voice so of God.
3: So we can be attentive. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Because if we assume, like Sybil was indicating, that, that God loves us and that he wants to have interactions with us, he wants to have a relationship with us, we're actually just putting ourselves in a place to
2: receive what's already there for us. Yes. And, and actually, in, in life, what has often gotten sidelined or lost And just simply because we live in a world that's broken, uh, we are raised by parents or someone has cared for us throughout our life who is not perfect, and we have figured out how to survive and thrive in whatever system we have Mm -hmm. grown up with. But very Mm -hmm. often, the essence of who we are has become buried. It's never lost, but we haven't found quite the place to open
3: it up yeah it's become buried or we've taken our eyes off of god and we yeah. put them on other things yeah and as yeah. you said we've learned to cope with life in, in other ways and as
1: as we often talk about that our past is in competition for our attention with god so are we going to pay more attention to our past or are we going to pay more attention to god and our past screams at us at times because there is hurt there's unforgiveness there's guilt there's shame. shame there's sense of not being loved there's all kinds of stuff back there that 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 seeps into our being and just shades and directs how i'm going to make decisions for the day and as a coach um one of the things that we're trained to do is 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 when we when we help people notice what they're resisting doing, what they're resisting that they want, say they want to do, but they're not doing. And, and to dig into that, a lot of times there's a particular way to do this and a series of questions to ask. But this idea that there's usually something in my past where something didn't go very well before. I'm, and, I'm, and, and what I'm actually feeling is, is this, this um, echo from the past, that's invading my present and keeping me from even just like making a phone call because there's some kind of fear of rejection or it didn't go well sometime in the past. So I'm 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 pretty sh- I'm telling myself a story that my past is going to repeat itself. So I'm trying to protect
2: myself from it. Yes, not only that, there are parts of that that you don't even know, as you sort of indicated that there might be something in my past that I remember, I can tell you about, I can tell you the sadness of it, I can tell you the uh, challenge in it, the difficulty of it. But what I cannot tell you is how I interpreted it. That is in my subconscious memory. And that is the part that drives my behavior. And so a part of a spiritual practice, and particularly the practice of your story, is a slowing. Mm-hmm. I, I have a pace I'm living life day by day in whatever culture I'm sort of living in that, that just the demands of the day are about enough. But this aspect of remembering takes time. Sometimes people who do this as a spiritual practice need to look at old journals Uh, because they've forgotten. They're just full of whatever is going on. Um, they need to talk to people Mm -hmm. and tell me how, what was I like? Or they need to look at old pictures. Some of them, I know someone who even went back and drove in their old neighborhood where they had gone to school and where they grew up and just let the sights and sounds and smells of a neighborhood that had changed. But really, when they went down those same streets, it pulled forward some of the aspects of who they were and who they are today and who they aren't
3: so Sybil, so you're saying essentially they need to remember and you always break that apart right yes. you said they have to remember and need to put it back together together yeah. with god in this case as yeah. they go back
2: and so in that sense
3: uh, one of
2: the things we say actually in the valley's map but it uh, could be in the in the um, in doing your documenting your story is everything in your story belongs mm-hmm. and a part of what happens in our unconscious memory is we really try to put parts of our story out
1: well there's there's places where we where we talk about everything in your story belongs but there's some pieces that were so disordered and so harmful and hurtful mm-hmm. that it's hard to even imagine that those belong yeah, anywhere. Yeah, hearing that quote
3: could be really exactly. hard. Exactly. Yeah. It
1: could be very triggering, but yet there's this aspect that that in the in God's economy, we're dealing with somebody who's in
2: the business of hope and redemption. So, so when you take that, then those parts of our story have to be brought to the place of the cross. Mm-hmm we have to say they the the suffering that we have experienced has to be able to be healed by the stripes of the cross
1: now in 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 the terms of maybe someone who hasn't come to understand what you're talking about at the cross what does that look like
2: Well, it, it looks in, a, in one of the first very simple ways. There's a sense of belief that is inside each one of us that is covered up. And somehow when we see something that is true, and I'm thinking of the thief on the cross who didn't know, but one looked at Jesus and said, you actually are the son of God. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. And the other one did not respond. So I think inside of us, it's housed, and I think it happens in community when we are deeply listened to, that place of hope, eternity has been put in us, and in that aspect of listening, it has a little chance to say there is something, and And we are drawn to a Jesus that we either cannot name at this point, and someone helps us name, but it's in us and takes us to a place where suffering finds a home.
3: So, Mm. Sybil, what you're describing to me feels like this is a a discovery process, or or really a rediscovery of what's already within us, that God put within us. Is that a good way to... Yes,
2: He's put eternity in our mm-hmm. hearts, not so we can find it, but we'll be found by it. Mm-hmm. And what we miss with each other sometimes is we think we have to put something into somebody, right. and and what we are putting into them doesn't help them uncover what is really true in them. Um, yeah, I, I was speaking with somebody yesterday who has a hard time forgiving uh, a parent in their life and and just said, I can't do it. Now I could have said, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's the only way. But I I realized, no, I can't make her do anything. Hmm. But I could take a step back and say, I wonder if you would be open to just praying for the desire to forgive
3: mm-hmm.
2: and see if we can open that space. And she said, I'm willing to open that space. Mm-hmm. So I think what it was for me was trying to meet her where she actually was, not where I thought she ought to be, which was in me. I mean,
3: I, I really stopped. hmm But that was a better way for her to discover what God had already put within her. I mean, she
2: began to weep. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think we have touched something that is true.
3: Hmm.
2: I think there is something real here. There's
1: something about our picture of who God is that gets messed in with this idea of doing life story work because at different points in our life we see God in different different ways. And for that person who who has um, probably some very uh, logical reasons to be angry with her mom, let's say, we put God's face in there somewhere, too. Like, okay, if my mom was like that, God might, must be like that, too. And, and this hurt-holding, um, unforgiveness and, and all is all wrapped up into into who my picture of God is. And life story work is a spiritual practice because it helps us to accept and continue to grow into this idea that God is love, Yes, And that he is about redeeming and restoring the Mm -hmm. world and my story. And until we can open ourselves up to hope that that's true, that the possibility of that could be real for me in my particular story. And it's
2: where the non-possibility bumps in to the possibility. What were you thinking? Well,
3: no, I'm just thinking, too. We were talking about it us being on a discovery mission of who we are. Well, we're also at the same time as we do this life story work, being on a discovery mission of who God is. Yes. Mm -hmm. And trying to sort all that out, so being intentional about that sorting out process, right? And
1: some people show up to listen to my life to do it because they're at a crossroads and they're not sure who they are. Mm-hmm. The surprise of it is they 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 find out <laughs> a whole lot about who God is. Yeah. In and the what a great <laughs> place to start, which is perfect. Yes, I mean, um, um, so people can come looking for God, or they can come looking for a picture of who they who who mm-hmm. who they are yes. as themselves, and they're going to probably end up with both.
2: And and I think um, there there are a couple of things in here, um, Kurt Thompson has a great line, but he says, you know, when when we're born, he said, we come out of the birth canal, and he says, we're looking for someone who's looking for us. And so what you said, Sharon, is that um, our parents often, or those who are caring for us, or even siblings, mirror who God is. I mean, because we're looking from the moment that we're born. And so that's been placed in us, and one of the ways we see it, even if a person doesn't do any story work or or maybe they just do a resume of kind of "I've been here or there," and that is a part of their story work, mm-hmm. but they want to have purpose in whether they first of all they want to love and be loved. Mm-hmm. There isn't a person who isn't looking for that somewhere somehow. And people want to have a purpose. They really want to contribute in some way, and they want to know how to deal with forgiveness. They want to know how to deal with some of the stupid stuff they did as mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. teenager, or someone else did or to some, them. Yes, that, the, the forgiveness to, part, and right? how to how to handle that because they're not they're not really happy going around with it, and they want to know what to do with the guilt that they can't quite get rid of, and. That's how we get addictions. We work hard. We do stuff. We drink stuff to try to numb some of those feelings and desires that we can't quite get
1: met. Okay, let me, let me take a pause here because yeah. what you said is there are four things that people are looking for. To love and be loved. They're looking for purpose. They're looking for forgiveness. And they're looking for how to deal with guilt. And so sometimes that's forgiving ourselves. Sometimes that's forgiving others. Um, But then the guilt that we carry ourselves as well. So this is the pathway that we're that we're interested in because it leads to freedom. And what people haven't necessarily connected sometimes is that that's what God wants to do. He wants to set us free. That's what he's all about. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to live in the kind of freedom that he's already one purchased, given. Mm-hmm. It's just there for us. yes. and and there is this working it out kind of process. So whether or not someone would call themselves a Christian, and has already um, use it. Let's use the term "cross the line of faith," which which would be common in some traditions. This idea that there's something for there's something to work out in that. Yes. Um, it, and sometimes people work it out before they actually make that realization of 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 who God is and accepting His love in that way. And sometimes it happens after the fact. We work with a lot of people who have been Christians for a really, really long time, but they
3: haven't—they
1: haven't figured out how to walk into that freedom.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 actually, there are believers who don't know how to believers in Christ who don't know how to walk in that freedom, because just simply because of the way they have pictured God or the way their church culture has taught them, mm-hmm. and um, and the recognition that. Um, we are always stepping in to forgiveness that has already been given. Mm-hmm. We're not creating something new. So that aspect, again, of recognizing and responding to God in your story, it's been done. Now walk the journey home. And, and really, when you talk about to love and be loved— the disciples asked Jesus, they said, you know, teach us how to pray. And I think Jesus waited until they asked that. And then he gave them the pattern of prayer. Mm -hmm. And there's only one thing in that prayer that we are asked to do. We are asked to forgive, Father, forgive me for my sins. And forgive me for my sins against someone else. Hmm. That's the only thing I'm asked to do. And so when you talk about intimacy with God and you think about human relationships, what happens when I withhold from people? I mean, we can see it when I withhold forgiveness from somebody. I mean, I just say... You can't do enough. You have done this to me and I can't forgive you. And what what kind of intimacy does that relationship have? What kind of a love? I can I can try to get into your good graces but I never can. Hmm. Until you until you really forgive me.
3: It, those four things that you mentioned, those th- those are really helpful for me to like boil down. Like this is what it means to be human, and these are the things that that will happen together with God as I look at my story. I mean, that's that's just a really helpful framing, yeah, of what God has put within us and and how our work on our story as a spiritual practice is important.
2: Yeah, so when you think of purpose, one of the maps we do, Peaks, Mm -hmm. we say, you know, in your most free place in life, Mm -hmm. and that's not true for everybody, sometimes the freer places come at a little bit older age, but really at young ages, they're the most free, the games we played, the things we did in our homes, what we entered into in school, and we just... Had a satisfaction about it, mm-hmm. but then often something comes in. Um, you know, you you have your own story. Well, how is that going to earn you any money? Uh, when um, when you loved creative things, art and music, and a word came to you, well, that's not going to earn you much. Right. All
1: that creative stuff is all well and good, but you better figure out. <laughs> you better figure out.
2: <laughs> And, and and so you're pay the bills, yeah. But so that then becomes the purpose mm-hmm. that that trumps that that trumps the essence of who you are.
3: Yeah, we let these other voices speak louder than God. And, and right? really,
1: I mean, the the person that said that to me had had good intentions in terms of um, he wanted to see me be able to support myself, and. um uh, i'm I'm actually glad he said that, as opposed to saying something like you' better find a find some guy so he'll support you. <laughs> you know true, I mean yeah. there's a whole lot of other things he could have yeah. chosen to say and so but now I can look back and 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 hear hear um a, a paternal voice saying um saying, I want you to have a good, stable life. Mm-hmm. Misguided as the comment was at the time, but the but I can hear that as the subtext yes. now, and he, there's forgiveness to be able to do, and there's a there's a um, I think the theme that that comes through also in being able to map your life story. So many times there's a theme of gratitude that that just kind of emerges. We don't have to force it in the process. People just kind of come to it in that way. Um, even the ability to say that they have some gratefulness for the hard, difficult things that have happened in their lives that have, um, put them on a different journey or given them a certain kind of depth that then they have wisdom to share, um, with others or that motivates some kind of, um, of redeeming work in the world, um, there's all kinds of interesting twists and turns as to what happens when people encounter their story. And there is a God that's cheering us on wanting our story to turn out well and and wanting to live through us as he's made us to be, to be a blessing to the people around us in the world yeah. at, at large. And, um, and I, for one, want to be in that flow of, what does god want to flow through me to the world around me um and i
2: think there's a whole lot of people that long for that oh my goodness i don't I, honestly i they, even i don't know people i might think the most who don't i just think they're showing me the opposite Because they're so unsure that the desire or that the possibility is there. Mm -hmm. They've just so closed off, which just indicates to me that it's there. Mm -hmm. Um, Harshness or coldness doesn't surprise me in in people. Because I know it's a way of not being hurt. It's a Mm -hmm. way... In the final analysis, it's actually one of the deepest ways of being hurt, but it is a self protective way of living. Right. It's, I mean, the coping mechanisms yes. that we
1: build up over our story that's one thing that makes this a spiritual practice. Life story work and life mapping a spiritual practice is to recognize um, what are our coping mechanisms and. Um, How did they come into being? And do we really want to live out of coping mechanisms as opposed to this recognizing and responding to God in my story way of being, which is a spiritual practice? So we we don't need to cope or compensate Mm -hmm. because God's doing some redeeming and restoring in us. So we don't need to react from our past. We can respond to God instead.
3: Yeah, I mean, they start to feel like the coping, like band aids that we put on yeah. along the way, or like the the veneer right on a on a table in your dining room, when you realize, oh, this isn't as good a table as I thought because the veneer is starting to buckle, yeah. and that happens in our lives um, as well. But God has another plan. Yes, and we're not and made even to even that skim was across,
2: across the of his top. Plan. No, yes. no. Yes. But even that was a part of His plan in the sense that he gives us coping mechanisms mm-hmm. when there when there are not resources to right. help us handle what is they mm-hmm. they help they protect our soul mm-hmm. they protect the essence of who we are and actually housed in them is our gift but it's just kind of turned upside down
3: mm-hmm.
2: if you're if you are able to sit and recognize it. And, you know, when you think about transformation, it's kind of turning things right side up, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you're working with the same stuff. Yeah. The coping mechanism piece
1: is um, really produces a kind of numbness over time that then we can wake up to the fact that there is this other way to live without some of those coping mechanisms because God is satisfying our need for safety or our need for uh, for love or whatever in a way that our
2: purpose our
1: purpose yeah Yeah. and and so it's a more alive way to live (laughs) (laughs) if that is if that is that's probably if I sat down and tried to write that out a better way there'd be many different options but
2: (laughs) yeah but so you say numbing Okay, and but the word, the beautiful word you put was waking up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know when children wake up is when you listen to them. They They just wake up to who they are. I mean, when young people, when you listen to them, you are really present to them, you look into their eyes, they wake up. Mm-hmm. They wake up to who they are. And when we listen to, you know, people who have seasoned and have years really listen and are quiet and not trying to fix, advise, or rescue, they wake up. That thing is in them and has been waiting for a space where they could come forward.
1: Yeah, I think that um, we'll save this for another episode, but... It's not just about documenting your life story on these life maps that are a part of Listen to My Life, and specifically where we've been talking about map number two, my life story, um, but that piece about being listened to, to do this process if at all possible, in the midst of community, mm-hmm. or um, in relationship with a with a coach, a counselor, a spiritual director, a spiritual friend, a pastor, whatever, so that so that we can speak these things out. But there, because there's something about that aspect of being known and being heard Mm -hmm. and being valued because like what you're describing and listening to a child, it all of a sudden confers value on their
2: thoughts. Yeah. It, It not only confers value, it actually gets at the essence of creation. Creation was created by community. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It has always been in community. And so so we have a longing, we we long for community. And if you study creation, I'm telling you, there there is the secret life of trees. They support each other. Mm -hmm. Their root system, plants, there is stuff going on that is a healing work with with creation, um, and even with animals, uh, that is just fascinating. But that's why people long. I I would actually say to someone, unless you have been put without choice in some form of isolation, this is to be done, Mm -hmm. this is to be listened to. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: This is to be listened to because that is how God built us. I mean, community is essential
3: because he is community. You know, as I'm listening to all of this and trying to um, think about this overall, it feels like looking at your story is probably one of the most important spiritual practices. It feels like the umbrella that holds, you know, gratitude and forgiveness and purpose and, you know, loving God and loving others. And then the community aspect. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit sad that I didn't discover that till you know much later in life, but yeah, I. I
1: you aren't yet to much later in yeah, life.
2: Yeah, no, I'm not. Oh, I'm young. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it just it just brings it together. It, it brings laughter. Yeah. It brings tears. It brings smells and sounds, and that aspect of re with a long dash member Mm realigning. It fits my body together and lets all of me show up. Yeah, I keep trying to 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 wrap up
1: this episode, and and oh, uh, please do. We could keep (laughs) winding this going. I know, I know. So, for all (laughs) of you (laughs) listeners, we will do that. But but this idea of being in community. There's something about hearing the story of another as well that is somehow in the mix of of our own healing as yes. well. That we'll have to talk about yes. it another time. But it's a don't miss opportunity to map your life story in community. It it just is. And so anyway, I'm not sure when this episode's going to air, but we are going to start another virtual coaching group uh, January eighth of 2021. Um, We'll have that up on the website by the time this this episode goes and airs. But um, that's not the only way you can do this. That's one opportunity if you don't have um, an opportunity to pick this up and do it with someone else. But a lot of people that go through our our virtual coaching groups go on to do this work with other people, to do this kind of thing, to invite some friends into it. Um, Some of the people are coaches and counselors and spiritual directors and all kinds of different healing, um, pastor, spiritual friends, spiritual friends. Yes. And, uh, that's what we want to be able to do is to multiply the number of people that can join in on this idea of mapping your life story as a spiritual practice. Did you have a final yeah. word?
2: Well, I just think in the sense of, you know, you're seeking to bring this to a closure. I think the quote by John Calvin is is really a good one. There is no deep knowing of God. That's actually the deepest longing in us without a deep knowing of stealth. That's why... Sp- story as spiritual practice is essential. And there is no deep knowing of self without a deep knowing of God. So these two are wedded together.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We could do
1: a whole nother episode, yeah, on why don't one, which I think we do. Maybe, maybe we'll just stop this one and we'll just do the next one. So for those of you who are listening, uh, as this one releases, you'll have to wait till next week to get that conversation. But uh, thank you so much for joining us, Joan Kelly. Great to be with you. And Sybil Towner. Happy to be with you. And this is Sharon Swing for One Life Maps. Please rate and uh, subscribe and share uh, these episodes with some other people. Maybe you'll be able to uh, entice some friends to do this Listen to My Life process with you. Many blessings, everyone.
0: This podcast is sponsored by OneLifeMaps.com creators of unique visual life mapping materials titled, Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your Listen to My Life portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com, O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S. .com. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can help support this podcast and the work of One Life Maps by supporting us on Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com slash One Life to pledge $5 or more per month and get weekly audio meditations to help you recognize and respond to God in your story. Thank you for tuning in to the One Life Maps podcast. Until next time, Make the most of this one life that you've been gifted.